Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello, everyone, and welcome. How are you? I ask that question every week, and obviously I can't hear you answer, but I hope you do think about how you are just so you can hear the answer yourself, so that you can think about how you really are, if you could be better, if you're great, if you're tired, if you're burning out, whatever it is, thinking about how you really are, and then if there's something you can do to feel better, you do it. So let me ask again, how are you? Take a breath and answer that question for yourself. I did that earlier this week and the answer kind of surprised me. I was tired. And instead of just throwing that answer away, I thought for a second, is it normal for me to be this tired? No. What is going on? It only took a few minutes, but I was able to sort of recalibrate how I was approaching my week to see if I could take better care of my body and spirit to relieve some of that exhaustion I was feeling. And I invite you to do the same. Today, we're going to talk about something that I've had a ton of people ask about over the past two years. And normally, I try to do an episode about questions really quickly, but I hesitated on this one because the questions were around parenting. And parenting is just so personal. Every child is different. Every parent is different. Every family is different. And I just didn't feel like I could offer any credible advice on the topic. I am not an expert in a lot of things, and I am definitely not an expert on childhood development or parenting or family dynamics or any of that. But the topic keeps coming up, and I've been mulling it over for quite a while. It occurred to me recently that approaching chakra work in parenting is similar to approaching chakra work in other relationships as well, and that my general philosophy of working on ourselves and our own energy first can apply to parenting. So we're going to talk about chakra work for children and teens today. As usual, I have 
no advice to offer on how to make other people do things, how to change their thoughts or their behaviors. And I know that part of parenting is teaching our children how to behave and and what to do. But chakra work for our purposes today will be less about action and doing and more about holding space for children to do their own work. The first thing to consider is naturally the age of the child. In my opinion, the younger the child, the more we lead by example rather than direction, allowing kids to see what we do for ourselves, whether that's meditate or practice yoga postures or journal, letting them see you practice is the first step of awareness for them. It plants little seeds in their minds that these kinds of things are normal and good. A lot of homes will never have an example of these kinds of things. So when kids get introduced to them later in life, they feel uh, foreign or other. Or there's a misunderstanding of, of, of what they are. For example, if your young child sees you practicing asana as part of your mental and emotional health journey, it's less likely that they'll get caught up later in life in using yoga for simply a physical practice. It's easier to see it as a lifestyle rather than just a class to attend once a week. Same with meditation. As a child gets older, it can be natural to invite them to join you. I mean... You're not going to ask a nine-year-old to sit with you for 30 minutes, but five minutes. Or set them up with guided meditations specifically for children. Or even just spend a few minutes counting breaths together. The idea is, is simply to introduce spiritual practices in the home. There are even yoga classes that are for kids. In some cultures, it's completely normal for children to start a yoga and meditation practice at a very young age. So if that's something you'd like to try and it works for you and your family, know that there is a strong tradition of that in the world. You are not alone. I think for us in the U.S., the important thing is not to push. When anything is forced, it becomes unwanted and a chore rather than something special to do. Plus, if you're forced to meditate or forced to journal, it's like a punishment, and then it isn't really having the intended purpose, is it? For older kids, you can teach the practices as tools for life. If you use alternate nostril breathing to reduce anxiety, offer to teach it to your teen to use before tests or presentations. Offer. Get consent before you teach. Notice if your teen seems stressed and then in a calm moment, let them know that you've learned something that helps you and offer to share it with them. If they say no, respect that. Imagine if I'd come barging into your life insisting that you learn about chakras before you showed even the slightest interest. Your child is the same way. They're a fully formed human with thoughts and emotions and energy centers of their own. And part of their growth is going to be determining for themselves how they want to interact with them. Frustrating, of course, because as parents, we're pretty sure we have all the answers and could solve all their problems if they would just listen and do it our way. 
And then I remember that I don't even have all the answers for myself. How could I possibly have them for another person? And speaking of answers for ourselves, one of the questions that everyone has is, how can I spare my child the trauma that my parents or upbringing caused me? And it's an excellent question. It really is. Every expert, whether in psychology or spiritual teachers or anyone at all, has a great answer. And basically, it's, don't worry, you'll create trauma all your own for your children. It's a bit of a cheeky answer, I know, I know. But the idea is that we can't help but cause wounds in our children, even with the best of intentions and all the work in the world, because we're human. And as adults, they'll have their own trauma to sort through, because even if it doesn't come directly from us as parents, we can't protect them from everything in the world. What we can do, again, is to provide an example for paths toward healing and allow space for it and give permission and acknowledgement of trauma. We can avoid to the best of our ability to compound the trauma. One of the best things we can do, though, is to work on our own issues, not through our children, but in our own work on ourselves. You won't heal your trauma by striving not to cause it because children are so sensitive and aware of our moods and states. Hiding your trauma by refusing to deal with it just shows our kids that we should be pushing it down and that painful things shouldn't be addressed or talked about. Now, this is absolutely not to say that we should share our traumas or use our children as therapists. A child cannot heal you. That's not their responsibility, for one, and they don't have the tools to do it anyway. So seek your therapy from a therapist. But it's okay to acknowledge that you struggle with things and that you're getting help and finding healing. Make that a normal part of life, and your children will see that they can do the same when needed. But if you want to spare your child the exact traumas that you bring to the relationship, the best thing you can do is your own chakra work. So let's go through some of the chakras and talk about how you can apply your work in each one to your parenting efforts. In the root chakra, the primary trauma that we all experience is losing our sense of our own worth. If you feel like you're not enough, you probably know that you have some root chakra work to do since that energy center deals with our right to be. And part of what we do as parents to help our children have a healthy foundation is let them know that they are enough without changing, without being different from exactly who they are. Or at least we try to. But even when we do this, the absolute best that we can, if we're not living with the truth that we are enough, our kids will pick up on that. We can't pretend our way out of it because our words and actions will give us away. So if this is a challenge for you, do that work. I've done half a dozen episodes on it. So maybe go back and check out some of the root chakra episodes there. But if, if we believe that we have to do or be something more or different or, or meet standards set by someone else, or that we need to hide our authentic selves, it'll be hard to convince our kids that they don't need to do the same. We should definitely try 
hold space for the fact that the world will push back against your efforts. Have age-appropriate conversations. And by all means, let's try not to change our children before they're even old enough to figure out who they are. The sacral chakra is a big one. It's the seat of emotions. And it seems like the second kids are old enough to show emotions, we're telling them to quit feeling them. We try to stop their crying. We try to contain feelings of joy and exuberance if they're noisy or inconvenient. We forget to give our kids the language to describe what they're feeling. And then we ask them to ignore the sensations in their bodies. I don't think we do this directly or with with bad intentions, of course, but it happens. As we learn how to process our own emotions, we model that skill for our children. And when it's time, we can teach the skill as well. But if we don't do our own work here, we won't have the capacity to hold that emotional space for them. And remember that processing emotions can be different from expressing them. Both are equally valid, and there are a huge variety of ways to process emotions. Some people like to do it verbally, others through writing, others do it quietly in their own minds. You'll figure out your style, but one of the most important things we can do is to respect our child's process. Forcing someone to verbally process when they're an internal processor is never going to work. Learn about the different styles and then support your child in whatever way works for them. Now, there's going to be crossover with the throat chakra here, too. If you have trouble expressing your emotions in a healthy way, then that can find its way to your kids as well. Surprise, surprise. The best thing we can do is learn to heal our fifth energy centers and then lead by example. Give yourself time to identify and explore your feelings in a detailed way. Separate sadness from grief, anger from humiliation or frustration, and and other emotions that feel similar. Support emotional expression with love and connection. This is the foundational chakra work I talk about all the time, where the lower chakras help the upper chakras function their best. And then realize that you're Kids don't have all the tools that you do or that you're learning. So their expression is going to look different from yours. They might not have the words to express their feelings, so they come out in other ways. Yes, we have a responsibility to teach those skills, but until their little brains and bodies develop more, we can avoid clamping down on their expressions simply because we don't like it. Certainly, If the expression is destructive or harmful, that's another story. But it's important we don't reflect hurtful expressions back on our children. That's why it's so vital that we do our own internal work. Because when outside circumstances, including our children's words and behavior, push all our buttons, we want to have the energetic strength to respond intentionally rather than react in the moment. The heart chakra is another great place to do indirect chakra work with your child. A child will love their parent without question, and especially in early childhood, they are wide open to receive love. 
Our responsibility is to figure out how they best receive it and then give it to them in that way. You might have heard this called love languages, and I think it's a thing that a lot of parents do intuitively. I love the idea of blending intuition with intention. If, for example, you love physical touch to express love, it will be your intuitive way of expressing love. Some kids, though, are just not interested in that or or less than others, and they feel love through other modalities like listening or presence. We can learn to be sensitive to how our children receive love and also how they like to give it. We also know the heart chakra holds forgiveness and gratitude, two incredibly important aspects that we can model. Forgive others. Forgive your children. Forgive easily and generously. Not only does that provide a safe space for people to make mistakes, your children will learn to have that quality as well. Shutting down expressions of love when you're upset only cause heart chakras to close off in everyone. A great heart chakra practice to share with your family, especially young children, is gratitude. Teach them what gratitude is and allow them to feel grateful for the things in their life without guilt. For example, it's not a helpful heart chakra practice to force gratitude when a longing is expressed. A child wants something, and that's totally normal, and it's a good human feeling. And then we tell them, you should be grateful for what you have. Just like for us as adults, should isn't a good feeling. We can be grateful and feel wanting. Healing your own heart, if you have any of that kind of guilt, will help you create a space for open hearts in your children as well. No need to force it. Our hearts want to be open to love and connection. Now, those are just a few examples of how your chakra work crosses over with the energetic work for your children. You can always just talk about it too. It doesn't have to be specific or directed. If you feel comfortable sharing, you can. It's like any tradition or belief system. It can be shared through the generations. But also like that, we, we don't want to insist on anything. If you have any sort of crown chakra trauma, you may know that having dogma or beliefs forced upon you can be as damaging as anything else. It can stop you from exploring spirituality yourself, and we don't want to do that to our children. Our responsibility as parents is to heal our own trauma, find our own chakra balance, and open the doors for our children to learn on their own. Introduce chakra work by example. Let your children join you in ways and at times that are age appropriate. Hold space for questions and curiosity. Offer the tools you know and the resources you use when they're wanted. And don't be afraid to say that you don't know. This is how we introduce chakra work to children and teens. Not by telling them they need to work on their root chakra or whatever, but by example and self-healing. Not coincidentally, it's also how we stop generational trauma and make room for familial healing. If you have follow-up questions, and I know you do because I am lucky enough to get to read them every week, just follow your chakra coach on Instagram or Facebook and uh, send me a direct message there. 
The links are in the show notes, so you won't have any trouble finding me. And also in the notes is a link to the Patreon page, a website where you can support me and the show and get some bonus video and downloadable meditations if you want them. Truly, your support means the world to me, and it it lets me keep making this podcast week after week. So until next time, then, I wish you all the best, and I can't wait to talk again. Bye.